not a good day. Thank you, Jesus. You say, well, I don't know if that's scriptural for me to run with somebody when they run. The Bible says in Romans chapter 12, rejoice with those who rejoice. In other words, it's exactly what he's saying. If you don't, and he's talking to the church, he says, rejoice with those who rejoice. One, the message Bible says, laugh with your happy friends when they're happy. If somebody gets happy, get happy with them. Isn't that good? You say, well, I don't really, you know, I know they're being blessed, but, you know, I just ain't getting squat. Well, maybe you just need to laugh with them. In fact, that's the wonderful thing about coming to church. When you come and you think, I, I don't know, I don't have any, I don't have seemingly the ability to get a hold or to move up higher. You can grab a hold of somebody who is and go with them. Oh, that's good. That's good. It's news. absolutely the truth. Because we're in church. Because we're in church. <laughs> I think that's one of the greatest statements I've ever heard you make. <laughs> Run with someone. Dance with someone. Because we're in church. Say, <laughs> so what's your reason for that? Because I'm in church. Because like I'm in that. church. Oh, well, the Bible says, bless the Lord at all times. I'll bless the Lord at all times. His praise will continually be in my mouth. Bless the Lord when I feel like it. No, man. No, no, no. How many of you know you just go to work or something one day? (laughs) Get up and go to school. (laughs) Turn on the TV. Some of you feel like you're living in Groundhog Day. You know what that was? Bless the Lord. What's that? Remember that movie Groundhog Day? Bill Murray. I don't know if y'all, you know, maybe I don't know, but I. I, It's the only movie she's ever watched. (laughs) It's stupid. I came home from church one day. Groundhog Day was on. I don't know why it caught my attention. And here's this, you know, this man, and he's a news. I think he's a weatherman, and he just hates his life. He just, you know, he can't stand it. He just is just tolerating everything. He tolerates his job, tolerates his friends. He's just like, you know, that guy that got, you know, that friend of ours that put Limburger cheese under his his uh, his friend in school, you know. And the guy woke up. He said, "Man, it stinks in this room." He walked in the kitchen. He said, "Man, it stinks in here." He walked outside. And he said, "Man." The whole world stinks. <laughs> well, that's what Bill Murray was like. The stink was right under his nose. The stink was right under his nose. You know, you think the whole world stinks, and it's not the world. It's not the kitchen. It's, it's not you. your bedroom. It's you. And that's what Bill Murray was like. And everywhere he went, you know, he couldn't stand his job. He hated his job. He couldn't stand his friends. He didn't like nothing. And so then he got to this movie, Groundhog Day. Every day is the same day. You don't like it, it's going to happen again. You don't like it, it's going to happen again. And then all of a sudden it dawned on him. It didn't matter where he was. It didn't matter what he was doing. He was the one who needed to change. He didn't need a new wife, a new family, a new home, a new place. He needed a new him. And when it, you know, when it dawns on him, and I kind of tell him, I'm kind of, you know, spiritualizing the movie. So don't watch really? it and think you're going to get any spiritual, you know, truth from it. But then when he, don't check it when out. he realized it, it didn't matter. He got so happy. He got so glad no matter where he was. And I thought, you know, that's what happens when he says, I will bless the Lord at all, all times. Time. His praise will continually, continually be in my mouth. You figure out it's not where you are. It's what's in you. It's not where you live. It's what's living in you. It has nothing to do with your circumstances. Sometimes they may be better, maybe, you know, in the natural than others. But there's something in you that nothing can alter. I always tell people, you know, things will change. But don't let it change you. Boy, I tell you that. You understand what I'm saying? I understand. We, we have an unchanging hope. Oh, and when Pastor is saying, well, what are you believing for this morning? I thought about uh, what I was praying for. Uh, and and uh, uh, when I when I say this, don't think just uh, something you can just read. I was praying uh, Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12. Uh, for the word of God is alive and powerful. Sharper than any two-edged sword. The Amplified Bible says, The word that God speaks is alive and full of power. Making it active, operative, energizing, and effective. 
I pray, Father, for a word, for a word in due season yes. to encourage those yes. who are faint-hearted, yes. to strengthen those who are weak, yes. to yes. make yes. those who say I can't go any further realize that it's their day to run. A word from heaven. In this, actually, in case yes. you, yes. Uh, the scripture before Hebrews four twelve says, "Let us therefore be zealous and exert ourselves and strive diligently to enter into the rest of God." To know and experience it for ourselves that no one may fall or perish by the same kind of unbelief and disobedience. For the word of God is alive and full of power. I believe that a word from God will put your feet on top of the stormy sea. I believe a word from God will cause you to rise up and shout in the very place where the devil has already told you it's over. It's impossible. I'm telling you, the word of God that God speaks is not just a word on a page. It is alive and full of power. It energizes you. It causes things to be effectual in your life. It brings a demonstration of who God is. Oh, Hallelujah. That that was just one little tiny scripture. Glory to God. Sorry you didn't pick the Bible up the other day. No tiny scripture. So just as the one that was little tiny, that was just one little, that was one little itsy bitsy thing in the deal. Hallelujah. That one little deal was like, whoa. Now, if you've you've never been in a service before where we've been, this is, we're actually in our 27th year of being. That was about two inches. And there wasn't, uh, we were at a service somewhere, someone brought a friend. They, they, They elbowed the friend that brought him and said, how long those girls been working on that act? They, one lady said you can tell them all our lives we lady, still don't know the line one lady brought a friend and she said oh she said that she said that poor girl in the middle she said she said it is so nice that you let people that are kind of handicapped on the platform the living bible says hebrews 4:12 for whatever god <laughs> says to us cuz i was like this the whole service I couldn't move my hands, couldn't move my arms. I'm like, I, and the glory was so strong, you know. I mean, I couldn't move. And I was so young then. I was like, what do I do with this glory? I didn't realize I was supposed to lay hands on people, you know, and walk around. I was like, let me read you the Living Bible. For whatever God says to us is full of living power. Is God talking to you this morning? I guarantee you, it's not just something you're hearing. It's power. God is real. There's power in those words. Woo, glory to God. He knows about everyone everywhere. Everything is open to the all-seeing eyes of the living God. Nothing can be hidden from Him. It can be Limburger cheese or it can be God is over here. God's in the kitchen. God's in the bedroom. God's outside. God's everywhere. Jesus The Son of God is our great high priest who has gone to heaven itself to help us. Listen to me. Jesus didn't just die for you. He's living for you. He's at the right hand of the Father God. And he's there to help you. And he's there to help you in your weakest hour to bring you mercy for your failures and grace for your future. So that what you did in your past does not have to run your future. He not only died for you, he's living for you. Hey, hey. Are y'all ready? And believe me, Jesus isn't at the right hand of the Father going, Oh, this is great. I don't know what to do. He's not retired. In what do words. I do? What do I tell them? What do they do? What do we all do? God, you are great. Whoa. Are y'all ready? Hey, no. Woo, glory to God. Hey. Thank you, Father, for your I power. in you. In you. different translations here because I believe it's a word from God that's full of power I believe it's a word from God that'll help you to not just shout today but shout tomorrow morning 
to not just be determined today, but be determined tomorrow. And I don't know about you, but I mean, aren't you just full? Aren't you just over just outward, you know, uh, traditions of men that deny the power of God? Aren't you just, aren't you just through with it? I mean, I'm all for mowing your lawn, you know, mowing your lawn, mowing your neighbor's lawn. I'm all for mowing your lawn. I'm all for doing things right. Don't misunderstand me. But we need a uh, adjustment in our expectation. We need to to believe in the the very victory and triumph of Christ to the degree that when anything of the enemy sticks its head up, we know the word that God has spoken and we just let that word establish our life. And I'll just tell you something. When you take a hold of God's word, it takes a hold of you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. What are you? Second Corinthians two fourteen. She got the applause sign going on here. <laughs> this is not the Jerry Springer show, you know. Applause on. It said, Second Corinthians two fourteen says, "Now, thanks be unto God, which always causes us." You say, "I just wish I could. I wish God would speak my name." Oh God, I wish I could find my name in the Bible. There you go. If I could just find my name in the Bible, it would merely, you know, really mean something to me. There it is. Now, thanks be unto God, which always causes us to triumph in Christ and maketh manifest the savor of his knowledge by us. By by who? Now, if Jesus is victorious, and I, I mean, he whipped the devil, went through death, hell, and the grave, destroyed everything the devil has to, to bind you. I mean, Colossians 2.14 says he disarmed the principalities and powers that were against us, made a show of them openly, that's the parade, triumphing over them in it. So he disarmed him. He literally, in one one translation says, any power Satan and his comrades had to bind you is over. It's over. It's over. The best thing you'll tell that bondage the devil's trying to wrap around your life is, it's over. It's over. Did you hear me? It's over. Eternal redemption. That's my banner. And so, uh, uh, He says, uh, disarmed him. So he says, thanks be unto God, which always causes us to triumph. So the triumph is ours. The triumph is ours in Christ. The triumph, you say, well, Jesus is victorious, but you got to understand now, right now you say, well, let's talk about the, you know, right now. I mean, right now what's happening. Could you just get into current events? I am trying to now. Thanks be unto God. What is it that activates your awareness of victory? Thanks be unto God. You cannot be someone who thanks God without becoming aware of victory. Listen to me. Thanksgiving does not come because of the absence of difficulty. Thanksgiving comes because of a conviction of victory. People, you don't worship God just because, you know, you're just, you know, you're, you know, thank, you know, I feel like it. I'm happy, you know, joy, whatever. It's not because of, uh, you know, you don't have it because you don't have any problems and, and there's no difference. In fact, I, I used to think, you know, when we first started out, I used to think, I, you know, I don't think I ever publicly said it, but I used to think, oh God, just don't let anything happen. You know, don't let anything go wrong. Don't let anything hurt or, you know, I just want everything to, to just be okay. So I can really have a good service. No difficulties, you know. Don't want nothing to hurt. I don't want to have any fusses. I don't want to, you know, have any problems. No, nobody call and tell me any bad news. I don't want to hear about any relative who's sick. I just want to have a good meeting. No problems. And I found something out. That you can actually have better meetings in the most difficult circumstances when you have a conviction of victory in Christ Jesus. It's not about the difficulties. It's about what you are, your conviction is. So he just said, right now, right now, thanks be unto God, 
which he said, I'm just telling you, I'm going to tell you the end of the story before I ever get there. Always causes us to triumph. Always. That means it does not matter where you've come from. It doesn't matter. You know, he didn't just say all the highly educated people get victory. He didn't just say all the wealthy people get victory. He didn't just say all the people you like get victory. That's not what he said. He said, if you are in Christ, you got victory. But you'll never be aware of it, Bubba, unless you learn the secret of thanks be unto God. Because I'm telling you, the atmosphere gets filled with, you say, why do those people start running like that? You know, it's kind of like, how many of you heard about the Oprah Winfrey show last week? How many of you heard about what she did? I don't, I don't, do I have that in my, I don't think I have it. I, I read, I, we were got on the, the, uh, we got on the plane the next day and I opened up a paper and they were telling about Oprah Winfrey. She has 300 seats in her, you know, in her, uh, auditorium and every person in every seat got a brand new car. And so when she, when she, you know, I didn't see it, but when she dangled the key or whatever and said, everybody gets a car, you know, they opened their box or whatever, and everybody found out. They said in the USA Today, it said, it was like a revival meeting. They said people were shouting. People were running. People were, you know, they didn't know what to do. They got so happy, so the reality that they were the owners of a new car all of a sudden took a hold of them. And the moment I read that, I said, man, that's exactly people trying to understand what's happening in a church service where people become aware of the victory over death, hell, and the grave, the power that raised Christ from the dead. And they're thinking, what's the matter with those people? I'm telling you, we got something better than a new car we got the power that raised Christ from the dead victory over death hell and the grave honey you're trying to explain what's going on just watch Oprah Winfrey going to heaven when we die hallelujah and I wondered how you said I wondered how many of those people in that audience wouldn't have gotten up and shouted in a church service for nothing I ain't shouting in church, but honey, let me get on Oprah and I'm moving. And I mean, you know, I thought to myself, well, that was probably a happy day. But you want to know what makes me happy? Always happy? You want to know what keeps me happy? You want to know? Because I'm telling you, one day they ain't gonna. that car's going to rust and it's not going to be new anymore. Wonder if they'll still have their shout. I'm telling you, I'm going to still have my shout. I still got my shout. Woo, I got it. I got a shout that ain't going to go out. You got it too. You got it too. You got it too. Woo, you got it too. Right now, you got it. Hallelujah. Woo. Hey, now thanks be unto God. Sit down. Now thanks be unto God, which always causes us to triumph in Christ. And makes manifest. He says, he didn't just do it so you could have a good church meeting. He did it so that everywhere you go. In fact, one translation says it like this. It says, everywhere. Where is that one? He says, uh, this uh, is the truth. Wherever I go, wherever I go, he leads me and makes me win in everything. Wherever I go, wherever, where is that? I want to read that other one. He gives us. Wherever we, we go, he makes us partners of his triumph. In every place. Is that what the King James says? Make manifest the savor of his knowledge by us in every place. In every place. So I don't know. I just got a revelation about a month ago. He didn't just give me a victory in my spirit so I could go to heaven when I die. He gave me victory in my soul. He gave me victory in my body, in every place, in every place, in my finances, in my, in my marriage, in my home life, in my job. He gave me victory over everything that the enemy has brought to my life to try to stifle me. To try to stop me, to try to hinder me, to try to prevent me from experiencing that which he purchased, God purchased with the blood of Jesus. In every blessed place. 
You say, you don't know where I'm at. I don't know where you're at, but God does. And I can tell you, in you, he puts you there. So that means he put victory there. You say, well, this is not where I was supposed to be. Well, you know, you can have what you call mercy for your failures and grace for the time of need. I like what Hebrews, he says in Hebrews 4.16. You know, we ain't going by the script anyway, so what's it matter? Hebrews 4.16 in the, in, the, in the Amplified Bible. Let's listen to this. I mean, if this don't light your fire, your wood's wet. I'm just telling you. He says, he says in Hebrews 4.16 of the Amplified Bible, let us then, he's talking about because Jesus the high priest is currently on duty as our representative in eternity. He is right there. He is the, someone who has gone through the test, passed the test for you with the devil, and he's there to testify every moment of your life that you are free, delivered, healed, redeemed, purchased with a price, and he's there to give you what you need to experience that. He says in Hebrews 4.16, let us then fearlessly and confidently and boldly, I don't understand the way you're acting. Well, let me just explain to you, this is confidence not in who I am, but in the victory of Christ. This is boldness. This is fearlessness in the face of problems. You must not have nothing going wrong today. I'm telling you right now, I got victory today. Confidently and boldly draw near to the throne of grace. The throne of God's unmerited favor to us. That we may receive mercy for our failure, failures and find grace to help in good time for every need. And listen to what he calls this, this help, this grace help. Appropriate help, well-timed help coming just when we need it. You know what appropriate help is? That means that when your car is sitting on the side of the road and you don't know what's wrong with it, you don't get a plumber, you get a mechanic. <laughs> Somebody comes by and they say, you know, I just fixed a toilet yesterday. And you're thinking, well, I don't think this is appropriate help. You say, well, you know, I know, how to bake, I know how to bake a chocolate cake. That is not appropriate help. I'm telling you, it's appropriate help. You say, I don't understand this dent in my mind. I don't understand this, this weakness in my personality. I'm telling you, the one who does brings you appropriate help. And it's by his grace and his mercy. His mercy takes care of your failure. And his grace gives you the ability to live differently. Hot dog, I'm Woo! telling you. Woo! Thanks be unto God. I ain't waiting any longer to shout. I'm telling you, the keys are out. I'm telling you, it's in the garage. Look at your box. Now, thanks be unto God who has given us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Somebody's getting stronger. Somebody, the word of the living God, full of power and life. Somebody's getting strengthened in their mind. Yes. Somebody's getting strengthened in right their... Now. You realize you don't just got victory in your spirit. You got it in your soul. You got it in your mind. You got it in your body. Take you it. got it in your past. You got it in your future. You got it! Just one more minute. Woo. Now, thanks be sit unto down. God. Shut up. You don't have to sit down. Now, thanks be unto God. Now, I looked up this word triumph. It's the word victory. <laughs> it's, it's actually taken from the same word that's in 1 Corinthians 15, 57, which says, thanks be unto God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Same idea, don't you think? Thanks be unto God who gives us the victory. I looked up this word, victory. It's a word that means perpetual, always, constantly, evermore. wonder why Paul added the word now there. He, he said it doesn't matter what time it is. It's victory time. 
It says uh, strength, enduring, imminence, endurance in time, continuing unto the end. Oh, I like that. It says in 1 John 5, 4, this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. Did you know it's impossible to walk in faith without an awareness of victory? This is the victory that overcomes. If you got faith, let me tell you something. People who live in faith, it doesn't mean they don't have problems, but it does mean the problems don't have them. You say, what does have them? Victory! I love what I heard our president or somebody, uh, Rumsfeld or somebody say. They said that every soldier, or they were talking about the conflict, and they said defenders of freedom have to have a sense They need to always be successful. And then they said, you know, our enemies, our terrorists, are only looking for occasional victories. But defenders of freedom must always be successful. And I thought to myself, he's not talking to an American. He's talking to a Christian. Say, what are you saying? I'm telling you, the devil is a liar. He's a thief. He's looking for an open door. You leave it unlocked, honey, and he'll come in. But let me tell you something. There is something that he cannot cross, and that is the bloodline of Jesus Christ. And he may have gotten, he may have won a little battle, but he has lost the war. And I'm telling you right now, he knows he lost the war. He knows he has been disarmed. But, honey, he's a liar, and he's a thief. And if you'll let him, he'll take everything you got accept your life in Christ but let me tell you something once you realize the truth something starts happening it's called what do you call that re uh, uh, restoring that's the word I'm looking for restoration starts happening you've been redeemed but then things start getting restored and you come boldly to the throne of grace and you obtain help you find the help that you need well timed appropriate help that means whatever you need to fix it God's got it whatever you need to fill it God's got it whatever you need to handle it God's got it not only does he have it he'll give it to you all you need to do is come and say Lord help me now And he doesn't come and look at your situation and say, what an idiot. What? How in the world did you do that? Like some of your friends do. What in the world did you do now? He doesn't do that. He's a merciful, faithful high priest. He was touched with everything that touched you. And not only was he touched with it, he triumphed over it. And then he, I'm telling you, the devil's bluff has been called. You ever seen those people playing poker on TV? I never played poker in my life. But my husband That's being a good... the second show she watches. Being a good Catholic. What's the first show? Oh, yeah. My husband being a good Catholic told me exactly how it was played. How about a good Southern Baptist Jew? Five I, card stud and five card draw. So, it caught my attention one night. Celebrity poker, I think they call it. And these guys are sitting around and, and this one guy, he's got like a seven of clubs and a nine of diamonds and a three, uh, three of hearts. I think it was. And, and the other guy, there was only two of them playing. The other guy had like two aces and a king. And so the guy that has the seven of club, nine of hearts and three of diamonds, he says, I don't know exactly because I, you know, I might get this wrong, but he said, I'm going to raise you $2,000 or something like 5,000. I think it was 5,000. I'm going to raise you. And I looked at Ray and I said, why is he doing that? And Ray said, he's bluffing. Is that right? He's bluffing. I said, what do you mean he's bluffing? He said, he knows he doesn't have a good hand, but the person he's playing with doesn't know it. So he's trying to act like he's got a good hand and just watch what happens to see if it works, see if it works. And so he's, you know, he's playing. He's going, I'm going to raise you 5000 And the guy who's got two aces and a king is sitting there looking like he's about, he's just trembling in his pants. I mean, he's just like... He's scared spitless. He's like, I didn't expect that to happen, you know. Because, I mean, he's looking at two aces of the king, and all of a sudden he's thinking, maybe he does have a better hand than me. Maybe I don't. And we know, I know. I'm looking at the TV. I said, man, he's got the best hand. What's the matter with him? Go ahead. Call him. Is that what you do? Call him? Call him. Go ahead. That's how she acts. Let him show his cards. Come on. But this guy, you know what he did? He went there and he looked and he just held his head down. 
put his cards down, pushed them forward and went, it's yours. I went, oh no, I just saw somebody act like a stupid Christian. Oh no, he just lost $5,000. He just lost the pot. I'm telling you, you feel like you lost your pot. He just lost the pot. And I thought, devil, your bluff has been called. I know what you're holding. Yeah, get You've up, been get up, disarmed. Get up, get up. You've been disarmed. You ain't holding nothing. You hear me? I know what's in my hand. I've been bought by the blood. You I've get been up. delivered from the power of darkness. I've been set free from every wicked work. Thanks be unto God who always causes me to triumph. I'm telling you, you've been called. You've been called. You've been called. Make the devil show you his cards. You say, what do you mean make the devil show you his cards? You look in the word of God and you read Colossians 2 verse 15. You say, let me show you, devil. I know what you're holding. He disarmed principalities and powers that were against us and triumphed over them in it. I already know what's in your hand. I'm just here to tell you, you cannot bluff me because I already know what you're holding. That's what you got to do. You can sit down for one more Woo! minute. Thanks be unto God. That's what you got to do. Who always causes us to triumph. The word for triumph is the same. I'll read you one other thing. It was actually Woo! used. It's a root word that means to triumph, victory, to sing a hymn in a festal procession. In other words, it wasn't a sad occasion. It wasn't a sad occasion. It was a happy day. It was actually in, in, uh, in Psalms 47. Let me read just one thing and I'm through. In Psalms 40, and don't ask me what I read you because I don't know. Psalms 47. It says, Psalms 47 is a psalm to the sons of Korah. How many of y'all know who the sons of Korah were? The Korah Korah was a tribe that that came against Moses in the wilderness. They rebelled. They said, we ain't going to follow you, Moses. And you know, remember the earth swallowed them up? And they, they were that right there. That was the end of them. Well, this was their sons. And have you ever wondered how somebody was able to get out? I mean, you say, you just don't know where I come from. I have no example of what it means to do the will of God. I don't even know anybody in my family that's ever believed God. They, these guys were the sons of the people who deliberately rebelled in the wilderness. And they stood face to face with the the word of God, the plan of God, and said, we will not go. And here's a psalm that was written for their sons. Look at what they got in their mouth that turned, called the bluff, I'm telling you, of their enemy, and they became people who actually entered into the victory of the Lord. Look at this. It says, oh, clap your hands, all you people. Shout to God with a voice of triumph. Woo! For the Lord God most high is awesome. Woo! He is a great king over all the earth. He goes on and he says in verse 5, God has gone up with a shout. You know what I think the sons of Korah did? I think they got their shout back. I think they started thanking God for what he could do in their life. Instead of being uh, under a curse that their family chose, they came under the blessing of their God by getting a shout of victory in the camp of the the sons of Korah. This was a song for the sons of Korah. Clap your hands, all ye people. Shout unto God with a voice of triumph. So this is what I got to tell you. You say, well, it's been, I, I, got, so I got a reason why I cannot rejoice. I, this is, these are a few people I wrote down. Joshua, 400 years, his heritage was a slave. 40 years longer than everybody else. He believed God. Had to, had to actually stay in a place where he, he had believed God. And he hung out for 40 more years with his friends. Because his friends said no. And he said, I will not change what I believe. But I will help you change what you believe. 40 years longer, he believed God and was a leader of the greatest, richest nation. The strongest military presence on the earth was born. His heritage was a slave. Joseph. They took, I like to tell people Joseph. You know who Joseph was. He was the king of the dysfunctional family. 
His brothers threw him in the pit and they left him there to die and then changed their mind and him, sold him into slavery. And he goes into slavery and then, you know, he gets, becomes Pharaoh's, uh, you know, you know, his, his right hand man. Or, and then his wife lies about him and he gets uh, thrown back into slavery. And then, you know, he tells them their dreams while he's in the pit. And then they come out of the pit and they forget about him. He was forgotten about. Poor Joseph. He didn't call himself poor Joseph. They might have took his coat, but they didn't take his dream. They made a light about him, but he held on to the unchanging word of the living God. And I like to tell people, Joseph, he knew you're never too young to believe God. Set your course on a road of righteousness and stay the course. Because I'm telling you. He always causes us to triumph in Christ. David, the king, whereby all kings were measured. Once he reigned in, in, in Israel. Once he reigned, he was the king whereby all kings were measured. No king ever did the will of God without being measured by King David. I like to say this about King David. You're never too high to believe God. Moses. Forty years later, you know the story of Moses, went out into the, the wilderness and worked for his father-in-law. His face got so bright. Well, that's true, but that wasn't where I was at. <laughs> went out into the wilderness 40 years later, met with a burning bush. When he met with the burning bush, he heard the voice of God. And instead of uh, uh, rejecting the voice of God, he said, Lord, I don't know how I can do it. And God said, I do. Do you believe me? I'm making a long story a little bit longer. And I like to say what Moses said. It's never too late to believe God. You never, it's never too long. I'd say Joshua, never too long to believe God. 40 years later, it was still right on time. Never too long. Joseph, never too young to believe God. David, never too high to believe God. Moses, never too late to believe God. I like Rahab. You know Rahab, the harlot who had built her house on the wall that was destined to fall. But I'm telling you, she believed God and right in the place where it was called, it was going to be destroyed. She received eternal deliverance. Never too bad to believe God. Abraham, you know the story of Abraham. I love Abraham. He knew he couldn't do it, but he put his trust in the one who could. And even when his wife laughed, he, he, she, heard, she heard the voice of God say, nothing is too hard for God. The Bible says she received strength to conceive seed. And Abraham became the father of many nations. And he knew, you know the story, you're never too old to believe God. Jesus crucified, dead, buried, three days in the grave. He knew the victory that was his. In fact, he's the one that's singing about it while he's in the pit. You will deliver my soul from Hades. You will not suffer your Holy One to see corruption. I'm telling you right now, you're never too dead to believe God. Said, so there's some things in my life that are dead. Look at me. You're never too dead. To believe God. You say my marriage is dead. Let me tell you something. Jesus is the resurrection. Amen. You say my past. My future is dead. Jesus is the restorer. He comes with appropriate, well-timed help. You want to know the kind of help he gives you? He gives you the help that brings victory in the place of defeat, that brings honor in the place of shame, that brings wholeness in the place of a life that's been torn apart. That's what he brings you. Honey, I ain't shouting just so I can get hot. I'm shouting so you'll hear me louder than you hear what's talking between your two ears. Hallelujah. There is a place of victory. Eternal. Woo, glory to God. And I don't care what your name is. Jesus said you are redeemed. Hallelujah. Let's sing that. Hallelujah. And as we sing these songs, you just receive from the spirit of God. You receive the victorious answer from heaven. Whatever it is, Lord, I thank you in every life in this place. The answer of victory in Christ Jesus. Whatever it is, Lord, the appropriate help. We come boldly. 
We will not lose our confession. We will not lose our confidence. But we trust in an unchanging God. We declare your name. His name is Jesus. And His train fills this temple. Understand the way you're acting. Well, let me just explain to you this is confidence, not in who I am, but in the victory of Christ. This is boldness. This is fearlessness in the face of problems. You must not have nothing going wrong today. I'm telling you right now, I got victory today. Confidently and boldly draw near to the throne of grace. The throne of God's unmerited favor to us. That we may receive mercy for our failure, failures and find grace to help in good time for every need. And listen to what he calls this, this help, this grace help. Appropriate help, well-timed help coming just when we need it. You know what appropriate help is? That means that when your car is sitting on the side of the road and you don't know what's wrong with it, you don't get a plumber, you get a mechanic. <laughs> Somebody comes by and they say, you know, I just fixed a toilet yesterday. And you're thinking, well, I don't think this is appropriate help. You say, well, you know, I know, how to bake, I know how to bake a chocolate cake. That is not appropriate help. I'm telling you, it's appropriate help. You say, I don't understand this dent in my mind. I don't understand this, this weakness in my personality. I'm telling you, the one who does brings you appropriate help. And it's by his grace and his mercy. His mercy takes care of your failure. And his grace gives you the ability to live differently. Hot dog, I'm telling you. Thanks be unto God. I ain't waiting any longer to shout. I'm telling you, the keys are out. I'm telling you, it's in the garage. Look at your box. Now, thanks be unto God who has given us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Somebody's getting stronger. Somebody, the word of the living God, full of power and life. Somebody's getting strengthened in their mind. Yes. Somebody's getting strengthened in right their now. You realize you don't just got victory in your spirit. You got it in your soul. You got it in your mind. You got it in your body. Take you it. got it in your past. You got it in your future. You got it. Just one more minute. Woo. Now, thanks be sit unto down. God. Shut up. You don't have to sit down. Now, thanks be unto God. Now, I looked up this word triumph. It's the word victory. <laughs> it's, it's actually taken from the same word that's in 1 Corinthians 15, 57, which says, thanks be unto God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Same idea, don't you think? Thanks be unto God who gives us the victory. I looked up this word, victory. It's a word that means perpetual, always, constantly, evermore. I wonder why Paul added the word now there. He, he said, it doesn't matter what time it is, it's victory time. He says, uh, strength, enduring, imminence, endurance in time, continuing unto the end. Oh, I like that. It says in 1 John 5, 4, this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. Did you know it's impossible to walk in faith without an awareness of victory? Amen. This is the victory that overcomes. If you got faith, let me tell you something. People who live in faith, it doesn't mean they don't have problems, but it does mean the problems don't have them. You say, what does have them? Victory! I love what I heard our president or somebody, uh, Rumsfeld or somebody say. They said that every soldier, or they were talking about the conflict. And they said, defenders of freedom have to have a sense. They need to always be successful. And then they said, you know, our enemies, our terrorists are only looking for occasional victories. 
But defenders of freedom must always be successful. And I thought to myself, he's not talking to an American. He's talking to a Christian. Say, what are you saying? I'm telling you, the devil is a liar. He's a thief. He's looking for an open door. You leave it unlocked, honey, and he'll come in. But let me tell you something. There is something that he cannot cross, and that is the bloodline of Jesus Christ. And he may have gotten, he may have won a little battle, but he has lost the war. And I'm telling you right now, he knows he lost the war. He knows he has been disarmed. But, honey, he's a liar, and he's a thief. And if you'll let him, he'll take everything you got accept your life in Christ but let me tell you something once you realize the truth something starts happening it's called what do you call that re uh, uh, restoring that's the word I'm looking for restoration starts happening you've been redeemed but then things start getting restored and you come boldly to the throne of grace and you obtain help you find the help that you need well-timed appropriate help that means whatever you need to fix it God's got it whatever you need to fill it God's got it whatever you need to handle it God's got it not only does he have it he'll give it to you all you need to do is come and say Lord help me now And he doesn't come and look at your situation and say, what an idiot. What? How in the world did you do that? Like some of your friends do. What in the world did you do now? He doesn't do that. He's a merciful, faithful high priest. He was touched with everything that touched you. And not only was he touched with it, he triumphed over it. And then he, I'm telling you, the devil's bluff has been called. You ever seen those people playing poker on TV? I never played poker in my life. But my husband That's being a good... the second show she watches. Being a good Catholic. What's the first show? Oh, yeah. My husband being a good Catholic told me exactly how it was played. How about a good Southern Baptist Jew? Five I, card stud and five card draw. So, it caught my attention one night. Celebrity poker, I think they call it. And these guys are sitting around and, and this one guy, he's got like a seven of clubs and a nine of diamonds and a three, uh, three of hearts. I think it was. And, and the other guy, there was only two of them playing. The other guy had like two aces and a king. And so the guy that has the seven of club, nine of hearts and three of diamonds, he says, I don't know exactly because I, you know, I might get this wrong, but he said, I'm going to raise you $2,000 or something like 5,000. I think it was 5,000. I'm going to raise you. And I looked at Ray and I said, why is he doing that? And Ray said, he's bluffing. Is that right? He's bluffing. I said, what do you mean he's bluffing? He said, he knows he doesn't have a good hand, but the person he's playing with doesn't know it. So he's trying to act like he's got a good hand and just watch what happens to see if it works, see if it works. And so he's, you know, he's playing. He's going, I'm going to raise you 5000 And the guy who's got two aces and a king is sitting there looking like he's about, he's just trembling in his pants. I mean, he's just like. He's scared spitless. He's like, I didn't expect that to happen, you know. Because, I mean, he's looking at two aces of the king, and all of a sudden he's thinking, maybe he does have a better hand than me. Maybe I don't. And we know, I know. I'm looking at the TV. I said, man, he's got the best hand. What's the matter with him? Go ahead. Call him. Is that what you do? Call him? Call him. Go ahead. That's how she acts. Let him show his cards. Come on. But this guy, you know what he did? He went there, he looked, and he just held his head down, put his cards down, pushed them forward, and went, it's yours. I went, oh, no. I just saw somebody act like a stupid Christian. Oh, no. He just lost $5,000. He just lost the pot. I'm telling you, you feel like you lost your pot. He just lost the pot. And I thought, devil, your bluff has been called. I know what you're holding. Yeah, get You've up, been get up, disarmed. Get up, get up. You've been disarmed. You ain't holding nothing. You hear me? I know what's in my hand. I've been bought by the blood. You I've been up. delivered from the power of darkness. I've been set free from every wicked work. Thanks be unto God who always causes me to triumph. I'm telling you, you've been called. You've been called. You've been called. Make the devil show you his cards. You say, what do you mean make the devil show you?
you his card. Woo! You look in the word of God and you read Colossians 2 verse 15. You say, let me show you, devil. I know what you're holding. He disarmed principalities and powers that were against us and triumphed over them in it. I already know what's in your hand. I'm just here to tell you, you cannot bluff me because I already know what you're holding. Yeah, that's what you got to do. You can sit down for one more Woo! minute. Thanks be unto God. That's what you got to do. Who always causes us to triumph. The word for triumph is the same. I'll read you one other thing. It was actually Woo! used. It's a root word that means to triumph, victory, to sing a hymn in a festal procession. In other words, it wasn't a sad occasion. It wasn't a sad occasion. It was a happy day. It was actually in, in, uh, in Psalms 47. Let me read just one thing and I'm through. In Psalms 40, and don't ask me what I read you because I don't know. Psalms 47. It says, Psalms 47 is a psalm to the sons of Korah. How many of y'all know who the sons of Korah were? The Korah, the people, Korah was a tribe that, that came against Moses in the wilderness. They rebelled. They said, we ain't going to follow you, Moses. And you know, remember the earth swallowed them up? And they, they were that right there. That was the end of them. Well, this was their sons. And have you ever wondered how somebody was able to get out? I mean, you say, you just don't know where I come from. I have no example of what it means to do the will of God. I don't even know anybody in my family that's ever believed God. They, these guys were the sons of the people who deliberately rebelled in the wilderness. And they stood face to face with the the word of God, the plan of God, and said, we will not go. And here's a psalm that was written for their sons. Look at what they got in their mouth that turned, called the bluff, I'm telling you, of their enemy, and they became people who actually entered into the victory of the Lord. Look at this. It says, oh, clap your hands, all you people. Shout to God with a voice of triumph. Woo! For the Lord God most high is awesome. Woo! He is a great king over all the earth. He goes on and he says in verse 5, God has gone up with a shout. You know what I think the sons of Korah did? I think they got their shout back. I think they started thanking God for what he could do in their life. Instead of being uh, under a curse that their family chose, they came under the blessing of their God by getting a shout of victory in the camp of the, of the sons of Korah. This was a song for the sons of Korah. Clap your hands, all ye people. Shout unto God with a voice of triumph. So this is what I got to tell you. You say, well, it's been, I, I, got, so I got a reason why I cannot rejoice. I, this is, these are a few people I wrote down. Joshua, 400 years, his heritage was a slave. 40 years longer than everybody else. He believed God. Had to, had to actually stay in a place where he, he had believed God. And he hung out for 40 more years with his friends. Because his friends said no. And he said, I will not change what I believe. But I will help you change what you believe. 40 years longer, he believed God. And was a leader of the greatest richest nation the strongest military presence on the earth was born his heritage was a slave joseph they took i like to tell people joseph you know who joseph was he was the king of the dysfunctional family his brothers threw him in the pit and they left him there to die and then changed their mind and him, sold him into slavery. And he goes into slavery. And then, you know, he gets, becomes Pharaoh's, uh, you know, you know his, his right-hand man. Or, and then his wife lies about him. And he gets uh, thrown back into slavery. And then, you know, he tells them their dreams while he's in the pit. And then they come out of the pit and they forget about him. He was forgotten about. Poor Joseph. He didn't call himself poor Joseph. They might have took his coat, but they didn't take his dream. They made a light about him, but he held on to the unchanging word of the living God. And I like to tell people, Joseph, he knew you're never too young to believe God. Set your course on a road of righteousness and stay the course. Yes, stay the course. Because I'm telling you. He always causes us to triumph in Christ. David, the king whereby all kings were measured, 
Once he reigned in, in, in Israel, once he reigned, he was the king whereby all kings were measured. No king ever did the will of God without being measured by King David. I like to say this about King David. You're never too high to believe God. Moses. 40 years later, you know the story of Moses, went out into the, the wilderness and worked for his father-in-law. His face got so bright. Well, that's true, but that wasn't where I was at. <laughs> went out into the wilderness 40 years later, met with a burning bush. When he met with the burning bush, he heard the voice of God. And instead of uh, uh, rejecting the voice of God, he said, Lord, I don't know how I can do it. And God said, I do. Do you believe me? I'm making a long story a little bit longer. And I like to say what Moses said. It's never too late to believe God. You never, it's never too long. I'd say Joshua, never too long to believe God. 40 years later, it was still right on time. Never too long. Joseph, never too young to believe God. David, never too high to believe God. Moses, never too late to believe God. I like Rahab. You know Rahab, the harlot who had built her house on the wall that was destined to fall. But I'm telling you, she believed God. And right in the place where it was called, it was going to be destroyed. She received eternal deliverance. Never too bad to believe God. Abraham, you know the story of Abraham. I love Abraham. He knew he couldn't do it, but he put his trust in the one who could. And even when his wife laughed, she heard heard the voice of God say, nothing is too hard for God. The Bible says she received strength to conceive seed. And Abraham became the father of many nations. And he knew, you know the story, you're never too old to believe God. Jesus crucified, dead, buried, three days in the grave. He knew the victory that was his. In fact, he's the one that's singing about it while he's in the pit. You will deliver my soul from Hades. You will not suffer your Holy One to see corruption. I'm telling you right now, you're never too dead to believe God. Said, there's some things in my life that are dead. Look at me. You're never too dead. To believe God. You say my marriage is dead. Let me tell you something. Jesus is the resurrection. You say my past. My future is dead. Jesus is the restorer. He comes with appropriate, well-timed help. You want to know the kind of help he gives you? He gives you the help that brings victory in the place of defeat, that brings honor in the place of shame, that brings wholeness in the place of a life that's been torn apart. That's what he brings you. Honey, I ain't shouting just so I can get hot. I'm shouting so you'll hear me louder than you hear what's talking between your two ears. Hallelujah. There is a place of victory. Eternal. Glory to God. And I don't care what your name is. Jesus said you are redeemed. Hallelujah. Let's sing that. Hallelujah. And as we sing these songs, you just receive from the spirit of God. You receive the victorious answer from heaven. Whatever it is, Lord, I thank you in every life in this place. The answer of victory in Christ Jesus. Whatever it is, Lord, the appropriate help. We come boldly. We will not lose our confession. We will not lose our confidence. But we trust in an unchanging God. We declare your name. His name is Jesus. And his train fills this temple. Oh, everybody say thanks be unto God. Thanks be unto God. Say it again. Thanks be unto God. Thanks be unto God. You have been disarmed. You have been disarmed. You are powerless. You're powerless. Over my mind. Over my mind. Over my body. Over my body. Over my spirit. Over my spirit. I call you. I call you. With the hand. 
with a hand of redemption, of redemption in Christ, in Christ, with victory, with victory, with triumph, with triumph, with healing, with healing, with freedom, with freedom in Christ, in Christ. I call you, I call you down, down. in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Woo! Now everybody shout about it, Glory. Hey. victory in my finances, hey, victory. I'll tell you, I'll tell you, I got one better than that. Everybody, anybody in this room who needed that prayer over your mind, over your money, over your body. I don't care where you are in the room. And the devil tried to stop you, tried to. I'll tell you, you said, why are you guys always so wild? Because at the place he's trying to stop me, I just keep. When she was sharing, I opened up my Bible and it said, it said, uh, I saw the Lord and he was high and lifted up. And I just stood up in front of my seat and went, oh my gosh, I saw the Lord. He was high and lifted up. That one sentence just went, whoo, whoo. I saw something. You're not I see. You're not shouting. I see. Because you got everything handled in your life. You're not shouting because you know the answer to every problem you're facing. You're not shouting because you don't got any difficult situations. You're shouting because you are convinced. You are assured and you are bold and confident of victory in Christ Jesus. Now, Now listen. I tell you, and one thing you got, and the one thing you got to do, you're dealing, you know, with some kids, or you're dealing with, you know, a bad marriage or something like that. You know, it's the word of God that they have to see. You know, you have to keep yourself in the word. You know, because you know they're, you know. You can pray for their eyes to be open, but you have to keep yourself in the Word. Even if you take five minutes, open it up, because that's what you do between believing and receiving. You just, hallelujah, joy, joy, joy. joy. I said, what, what do I do between believing and receiving? You just, you, you bless the Lord. And sometimes it's hard. Sometimes you might be lying in bed. You know, and you're thinking, man, it takes all I can do. Just and come to a good church, sir. Oh, come to, a, yeah, come to a good church. Because you can't do it by yourself, and you're not called to do it by yourself. Oh, but I'll tell you the You're word. You're not God. made to hey, do it. By the yourself. word that raised Christ from the dead. That word. That word. You know, did crank him up. Crank him up. Prop him up. Prop him up. Whoa, Martin, you have to prop up Jesus. You didn't have to prop up Jesus. <laughs> and you don't have to prop you up either. You don't have to prop. You don't even have to prop yourself up. You just have to say at the point when the devil says, shut up, it's not working, sit down. You look like an idiot. That's when you go. (laughs) That's when you might need to get a little more silly. Say, I don't want to look silly. Well, would you rather look stupid? You know, and so you know what? Yeah. I said that, you know. When the the people were doing all that shooting, you know, out in in one of the East Coast uh, States and they were doing all that shooting, you know, the snipering, you know, stuff and the gas station stuff. And I said, Lois, because we had a friend up there and they said, We're staying in there. They're, they're staying at home. They're not getting out in the streets. And I said, Lois, would you stay at home? She said, No. She's kind of telling this out of context. She said, she What said, if somebody shooting? And you know, if you went out, you could get shot. And I said, Well, I'm just telling you, I'm not going to be, you know, I'm not going to, you know, run out in front of the bullet, but I will not live in a hole. I'm not going to live in fear. I'd rather die in triumph than live in fear. You know, if you're living in fear, you're not really living. You're just hiding. So I know people got sick and died. Yeah, but did they die in triumph? They die still still saying, praise the Lord. His word is true. (laughs) Hallelujah, hallelujah. No, I didn't forget been doing this for 27 years and 27 years I said I know what I'm doing but she still tells me it sounds like a marriage doesn't it (laughs) sisters that's it sisters that's good (laughs) you forget no I didn't forget this is what I want you to do all of you who needed that prayer that was saying that with Lois this is going to be fun 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 when your daddy takes your t-bird away this is going to be good you got some of you know that song. That's from the '60s. The rest of you are blessed. <laughs> yeah. Some of you're going what? <laughs> it's 
because you weren't around in the 60s. All right, this is what you're going to do. You're going to, and we're going to do this. We're going to do this with all our might. I believe there's going to be a breakthrough. There's going to be a demonstration. All your might. All your might. If you needed that prayer this morning, I want you to run down to the front. Just start dancing and shouting just as wild as you can. If you, if you, she was leading you guys in that confession and you said, man, that was for me. Oh, that was for me. Then you just run down here with me and just start dancing and shouting with all your might. I don't care what, anything that she said. Yeah! Oh, oh, If that's for you, come on. If that's for you, come on. If that's for you, come on. We hope you've enjoyed this message by Lois Toucher and Cindy Duvall of Shekinah Glory Ministries. For more information about Shekinah Glory, log on to our website at www.shekinahglory.com. There you'll find our entire catalog of teaching materials, music CDs, and books, all available for online purchase. The website also offers our daily devotional, updates from the road, and our ministry itinerary so you can pray for us as we travel throughout the United States and overseas. You can also join our mailing list in order to receive regular newsletter updates of ongoing ministry projects. Thank you and God bless you for your support of Shekinah Glory Ministries. We couldn't do it without you. Truly, the knowledge of the glory of the Lord shall fill all the earth. This is Ray Toucher, Speaking for Shekinah Glory Ministries, thank you and God bless you.